Wild Wing Studios, it's The Rush with Tyler McComas and Travis Davidson. Thank you very much, Brad. Everybody's been wondering, Coach, the last two years you've come over to the win. Do you have Oklahoma's number? What do you know about this team that nobody else knows? Well, I don't put much stock in having their number. I know this. Our guys can't wait to play this ball game. It's going to be great. In a big game like this, there's a lot of emotion. Do you control it, Coach? To avoid mistakes, or you just let them go with it? It has to be controlled at, at points, but most of the time, let her rip. Okay, guys. I don't need to tell you who that is. You know who that is. I don't need to tell you what game that's from. You know what game that's from. But I will tell you that that happened 20 years ago today when Lester Miles was on the sideline saying, let her rip, amongst some other things during that week of Bedlam. 20 years ago today, number one OU, well, they let her rip against Oklahoma State and Bedlam. They uh, demolished Oklahoma State 52-9. to The uh, number one OU was all over OSU that day. Travis, they forced more punts, five than first downs, three in the first half. Had an epic goal line stand in the second half. OSU was held to just uh, 161 yards with Josh Fields, Tatum Bell, Rashawn Woods, a really good offense. In terms of my favorite Bedlam memories... I don't know about you or anyone else, but that 03 Bedlam game in Norman, the um, the venom that was in the atmosphere that day uh, at uh, Memorial Stadium, that ranks right up there at the top. It may even rank number one for me, man. Was I supposed to hit it with a, who is that? Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. I don't need to tell you who that was. Oh, Everyone knows oh, who that is. Ah, okay, okay. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't falling down on the job here at Andy B's in Tulsa. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean – he he was always good like like gundy is is really good for some sound bites there's no doubt about it but a lot of him a lot of his come from you know midweek press conferences where he's talking about this that or the other whether it's the boss you know spitting in each other's faces or whether it's you know the the I'm a man I'm 40 right type situation stuff like but pregame on the field type stuff boy Les Miles man (laughs) Les Miles had some just absolute gold I think even today man if you were to get a group of OU fans together and it was all right let's draft our most hated Oklahoma State former players, coaches, current players, current coaches. I don't know. Maybe Dalton Cooper is the number one overall draft pick today after what was said last night, but Les Miles ranks pretty high. Les Miles would have a chance to be the number one overall draft pick. He wasn't the head coach at at, uh, Oklahoma State for long, but he said enough things to last a a lifetime to make you think that he was there for 20 to 25 years. Well, and he won a little bit too. I mean, I think think that definitely went into it, but but, yeah, I, I would say that, and the fact that, you know, he went on and, and had success and is a is a decently well-known name amongst, you know, college football fans. I mean, even amongst casuals, those, you know, diehards, they obviously know who Les Miles is. But, um, yeah, he definitely had the idiosyncrasies that, you know, his own fans would love, but everybody else, uh, you know, seems to hate. One You know, one of those not almost Baker-esque where it's like, God, you hate that guy unless he's on your team. Unless he's your coach, then everything that he does is hilarious. To us, it's just annoying. 
What's the greatest one like uh, here here recently? I mean, that's that's twenty years ago, so it's somewhat recent, I, I guess. I mean, it's kind of in this era a bit. So that would probably rank number one for me. Um, twenty seventeen was was pretty awesome. I mean, not not really any defense played, but Baker and Mason Rudolph dueling back and forth. That was a big time game. I'd say in the past ten years or so, that one's got to rank up there pretty high too. That that shootout in Stillwater. Yeah, the shootout in Stillwater. I, I think honestly, um, when you're ranking them, I've got to take the uh, the Blake Bell uh, last minute pass to Jalen Saunders. Oh yeah, I, that that I, you're right. That's if if we're going back twelve twenty thirteen. That's top three for me for sure. Yeah. So I mean, Oklahoma State was really good that year. You know, ten point favorite in that their, game. Yeah, they were number six in the country. Like, they were maybe going to win their second uh, Big 12 championship in three seasons. Yeah, and, and, and Blake Bell on a cold – I remember it was it was cold that night. And uh, it was it was dramatic to the end, no doubt. But, yeah, I, I th- anything involving Blake Bell, because I think often, especially, you know, fans that – Maybe didn't get an opportunity to watch him at Oklahoma, but know him from his Super Bowl uh, winning with the Kansas City Chiefs as a tight end. You know, he had some big time moments, man. Bedlam some really Bell, big man. time moments. Yep. In so. that game, 2012, he has the uh, touchdown run with no time left in the fourth quarter to force overtime. Yep. Yep. That God, that was fun. Um, it was funny. I was watching that game from my buddy Jay. That uh, I was just at his place up at KU. His sister lived just off of, she went to OU, lived just off of Campus Corner. And I didn't get tickets for the game, but I was outside the stadium. We were watching in in the front yard. We brought a TV and a couch out there. So we were waiting. The the roar of the crowd hit just a second before we knew what happened. So we were like, all right, that roar seemed like a good roar. And uh, and boy, oh boy, was it ever. Yeah, 2012 Bedlam, uh, Sooner Man 93, a lot of other, uh, uh, other texts coming in. Talking about 2012 Bedlam, won it in overtime with the walk-off touchdown run. Yeah, that was Brennan Clay, and when Brennan Clay ran into the end zone, OU won. It was over, and it was the first lead OU had all day long. So OU won the game, and the touchdown run in overtime was the first time the entire game that they had a lead, which is uh, which is which is crazy. A lot of other uh, Samaje takes a knee for the Big 12 title 2016. Now I I got to admit. I wasn't initially happy with Samaje and his decision in 2016 because, you know, in that game, maybe you're out for blood a little bit. And uh, at that given point, I was, hey, run up the score here. Wait, come on. I mean, you already got a healthy win here. But go ahead and run up the score. Very short-sighted by me. Very dumb by me. Because I didn't have to tell anyone who that audio clip was. Everyone knew it was Les Miles before the 03 game. All you have to do is show that photo of Samaje taking a knee. You know who it is, and you know what game it is. And yeah, so it's, so disrespectful. Yes, so disrespectful. And and really, you know, the smart thing to do. And that was kind of when fantasy football was running it up. And you saw, I forget what running back did it in the NFL. Uh, not long after that, but it was. God, it was funny because everybody's like, "I can't believe you didn't score." We're like, "Yeah, I mean, we kind of felt that same way about P Ryan doing that." But yeah. Uh, that moment probably is up there with kind of the Sam Bradford going uh, going Aussie, you know, going complete vertical. A lot of people wanted his Heisman statue to be that. Um, but, 
some of, some of the more popular moments, that Samaje Piran moment has to be up there. Mark from Enid said last year was pretty good. They talked big crap about us, how awful we were, and then we got them. Well, Mark, that was actually a hostile postgame show for both Travis and I last year. <laughs> After a really a, just a horrible season up to that point, and it didn't get much better, but it was the first quarter OU's up 28 nothing. It's like, all right, at least for one night, at least for one night this year, everyone's happy and it's going to be in a good mood and they're going to route Oklahoma State. And just for one night, everyone's back and it's all good. And OU didn't score for like the remaining, what, felt like 40 minutes of the game. They win 28-13. Yeah. They covered the spread, yet everyone was still pissed off in the postgame show because of the lack of offense in the final you know, 35, 40 minutes of the game. Yeah, I would argue that it was a more hostile postgame show than it was even after the Kansas loss last week. Oh, man. Because, you know, everybody was already annoyed. Everybody already had their opinions on how the season was going, this, that, and the other. And it was the opposite, right? So emotionally, if you, if you play bad, you know, from the start of the game and in the fourth quarter you score 28 points and come back in dramatic fashion, the fan base, oh, they're loving it. I mean – Forget the three quarters that you played like crap. That last quarter is fresh on your mind. You're excited, you know, but it just happened the exact opposite way. It just get, it gave us three quarters of just nonsense to deal with. But, hey, you know what? A win's a win's a win's a win. We're uh, getting some 2015. Like, all you had to do was go up there and win. This was the couple of years before they brought back the 2000, uh, or excuse me, the, uh, the Big 12 title game. So OU rolls up there in 2015 and wins and secures a spot essentially for a college football playoff berth. And OU dominated that day. So a lot of that and a lot of uh, Dave Hunziker references in terms of uh, (laughs) Oklahoma State's (laughs) people that you can't stand. Right. And that may be true, but it is a – it's quite the pastime for a lot of people. I think of Tattoo Baker and some others that once OU beats Oklahoma State in dramatic fashion, especially at the end – they are finding that Dave Hun- uh, Hunziker audio clip to uh, to put out to the webs. It is the gift that keeps on giving. There's no doubt about it. I think the 08 game gets overlooked a lot too. Um, maybe maybe I look at it a little more favorably because it was on a on a title team on a title run, obviously. Um, but that was that was another fireworks show that didn't didn't exactly uh, show the best defenses on the field, but. I mean, putting up 61 on them with Bradford going off was was nice because that was the th- that was the that was the three-way tie year, right? So that was with with Tech, with Texas, um, and with us, and then we got the nod after that game. I mean, I can't bring up Hunziker in those audio clips without playing one, right? I mean, come on, man. One stop and you win the conference champion. One stop, one stop. First and goal, Oklahoma at the Cowboys seven. Bell in the shotgun play to his left from the left hash. Bell takes a snap. Back to pass, sets up, goes toward the far corner of the end zone. The pass is caught. Touchdown, Oklahoma, with 19 seconds left. Jalen Saunders. And that is the sound of a soul leaving a body right there. Blake Bell, the best throw of his career. Perfect ball to the corner of the end zone. Woo-hoo-hoo. Man. God, he, he just – you could hear him like he tried to get all the pertinent information out in one big, like, <laughs> exhale. Like, it was like if he didn't get that information out, you weren't getting any more of it because he was done. Oh, fantastic moment. Fantastic moment up there in Stillwater in 2013. And regardless what of what happens, good, bad, whatever, this is going to have a place, uh, its own unique place in the rivalry's history because 
it's the last one for the foreseeable future. And, like, it, it, it's just such a mixture for this to be such a massive game for OU, man. And, and such a big game that some are saying, and I don't necessarily disagree with it, that it's the biggest game of the Brent Venables era thus far. Coming off a loss, haven't played well in a couple of weeks, but it also being the last one, you don't want those guys to have scoreboard. There is just, it feels like there is mu- there's as much going into this game for OU as there's been in a while. And this game has had some stakes attached to it for the past you know, 12 years or so, but this, this is a big one, man, no, no doubt. Do you, do you agree, though, that it could be considered the, the biggest game of the Britt Venables era? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, just because, as you said, what's on the line, I mean, I think we opened the show with it. I mean, it's there's so many narratives just packed into Saturday's game that, I mean, you know, Brent, Brent's probably going to say, well, biggest game of my career is the next one, right? The next one's always the biggest game. Next one. But, yeah, I think it's safe to say that. And he did say that, right, in his press conference. Do you feel this is a big game and that it's the last of the Bedlam games and whatnot? He said, well, you know, for me it's just it's the next game. It's Oklahoma State. But there has to be a guy with a lot of history, you know, in this rivalry. Uh, you know, th- this has to mean something a little bit different. But I do believe him that it hasn't quite hit him yet. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, 24-7, they always have uh, a couple of guys pick the scores of the big game coming up uh, that Saturday. Both our guys pick OU to win for whatever that's worth. OU 34, OSU 31, that was one score. The other was OU 35, Oklahoma State 31. So both guys over there at 24-7 Sports picking OU to win the football game. Uh, we're going to have to update the injury situation seemingly once an hour every single day this week. I don't know what new information we're going to get until Saturday, but there's four names that we're really looking at. Peyton Bowen, Tawi Walker, Danny Stutzman, and Gentry Williams. Let's start here. Out of those four, would you say you're most confident that Gentry Williams is going to play the four since he practiced on Monday and he was named a starter? Or, uh, or named a captain, or would you be, would you be uh, more surprised or least surprised, I guess, about someone else playing? Yeah, I'm pretty confident that Gentry is going to play again because of the practicing. But also, like, I, I don't take much into the captain side of things. I think that all the captains are Oklahoma guys. You know, grew up in the rivalry. Obviously, you got to have Trace Ford in there. Not only is he an Oklahoma guy, but he's played on both sides of it now. So, I think. You know, that's usually been our go-to, right, on Wednesdays, saying, all right, who's a captain? Who, which one of the guards is a captain? Because that means they're starting. Which one of the running backs is a captain? That means they're starting. I don't think you can use that quite as much this week, but I do think Gentry will be back. Yeah, um, I mean, again, Gentry practice on Monday per Brent Venables. I'd say I'm most confident in him. I um, Brent sounded optimistic about Danny Stutzman, so I, I've said it all week. I said it during Locked In. I think Danny plays if he's able to go. Like if he's, he, it almost feels like to me that he's going to will himself out on the field. Yeah, it it does seem like it might be a pain management type situation. Not wheel which, himself, will himself. No, <laughs> wheel himself onto the field. Um, no, I think it's going to be a situation where you're dealing with pain tolerance, and Danny's a tough sob. I think he also understands that he doesn't want to be out there hurting the team, um, but. I don't know, man. I, I I don't think anybody's completely healthy at this part of the season. You know, I think everybody's got a got a little knee banged up, a little sore ankle, a little shoulder, a little situation going on. That's just going to happen throughout a football season. 
but I think if he's above, I don't know, call it 70%, then the defense is still better just from a leadership perspective and getting the defense lined up. I think that's – I think – from the mental side of things, I think that's really where we missed him second half against Kansas. Uh, probably goes without saying, but we're talking a lot about Stutzman, a lot about Gentry, a lot about Peyton Bowen. But, um, yeah, I think that we've seen that it's very important that Tawie Walker is healthy and available to play on Saturday. I think we can all acknowledge that's a very big deal. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. I mean, it was nice to see Javante Barnes out there. I think he, you know, I think Brent Venable said even that he did some nice things against Kansas, which he did. Um, still got to work on that kind of vision a little bit. But you could tell, I mean, he's still a strong runner. Uh, so he's got the ability to bounce it outside and, and, and run over some dudes. I'd like to see him make a few more people miss. But, you know, another week on that foot, we'll see how he bounces back. But, yeah, you want Tawi back healthy. He's running back one. Whether we like it or not, or whether people are willing oh, I to love accept it. it. No, I, I, I mean, love it, too. Who's like, not I'm willing like, to accept it at this point? I mean, what's, every what is, week what it's like it? a – Every week it's like a battle to be like, man, I don't get it, man. We need to be playing other backs. I don't know. Tawik doesn't have the home run ability. I'm like, I don't care. That dude will hit doubles until the cow comes, cows come home or singles or whatever. He'll button and beat it out. Like, it's. I, I think the explosive run plays are what OU fans want the most, and I get that. It's That's something you, you really want to have. But if your options are – you know, explosive run plays maybe, or a guy that is going to break what at least one or two tackles every time it seems he gets the ball, I'll take that guy too because that's demoralizing. Cherokee Cedar has, says, has Liam Evans been named a captain? <laughs> for those of you that don't get that, Liam Evans is a uh, kicker commits out of Moore right now for the OU football team. That's, that's, what he's, uh, that's what he's getting at. UConn Bob says, what about Peyton Bowen? We have really missed him too. Yeah, just kind of – Spot duty the past two weeks for Peyton Bowen. Yeah, so that one definitely ankles, sealed, that that one definitely still seems questionable and uh, up in the air. Well, uh, but yeah, you, you need Peyton Bowen, that's for sure. Hey, what's going on at Andy B's in Tulsa with the new location at OKC coming on Friday? Correct. Yeah, we've been talking about it. You know, for the past few weeks, I've been out here right over there at one one nine one seven North Pennsylvania Avenue. They'll be opening up this weekend, starting Friday. So make sure and get out there again. The game. It's close. If you want to go to the game on Saturday in Stillwater, it's close. Hang out at Andy B's on Friday, pop up to the game, and then go back to Andy B's on Sunday. But as far as Tulsa's going right now, we've got uh, we've got the service industry night, of course, every Wednesday after 7 p.m. all the way till close. They do $7 unlimited bowling, which is insane, and they've got the beer and food specials, obviously, to go along with that. All the kids are going to eat free if you purchase an adult entree, so bring the kiddos out. Uh, a, lot, a good crowd out here right now. I don't, know, I don't know if cold weather you know, goes along with bowling, but it must because, man, people are flooding into this place. A lot of texts and more OU football as well. Coming up next right here on The Ref, we are the home of Sooner fans. The home of Sooner fans. Home for Sooner recruiting coverage. Home of your Sooner game day voices. Home of the best pre- and post-game coverage. Join the movement. Download the free KRF app now to listen anywhere, anytime. We are where diehard Sooner fans listen. Find that wow factor for your game day get-togethers by calling Wade Electric today. Family owned and operated for 50 years. You can trust their professionals with troubleshooting, installations, repairs, and more. Call Wade Electric at 405-329-1940 to get ready for your next big event. 
really just college football in general, just the speed of it and the, but definitely the intensity of rivalry games, playing OU Texas and then playing in, in OSU. Uh, yeah, it's always later in the year. It's always getting chilly, and it's always usually there's a lot on the line for both teams, and so really understanding that, uh, I just started to play more and more, which was big. Yeah, it's definitely a, a very chaotic atmosphere, hostile at times. Um, games at 2.30, so I'm sure those paddles will be beating the sides of the, the building, and, and that's great. There's Drake Stoops talking about Bedlam coming up this weekend, 2.30 on ABC. OU still listed as a six-and-a-half-point favorite. That's really been the case since Monday morning. To the text line we go, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. From the 918, is Reggie Pearson out the entire game? No, he's not out the entire game, Travis, but he is out the first half. Yep, out the first half, and if you know anything about Reggie Pearson is that dude loves to hit people. And watching he's, – he's been thrown out for targeting more than once in his career. Um, and I'm not sitting up here saying that he might not get thrown out for targeting again once his, <laughs> by the time his career is over. But what I'm, what I'm willing to bet on is that when he comes back in and he's all hyped up, you know, ready to see – you know, he's been seeing Ollie Gordon, whether Ollie Gordon's having a good first half or, or just an okay first half, I think he's going to be sizing him up every time he runs by the OU bench. I think he's going to be looking at him going, ooh, boy, I'm going to hit you in the second half. And whether he hits him and gets thrown out again is is to be seen. But I think it's a pretty safe bet that Reggie Pearson's going to come in like a missile against that guy. Okie Tom says, Barnes getting healthy is a big deal, and I think he starts. Well, if um, Tommy Walker is available... There will be some, I don't know if rioting will be going on. Like th- There are some things that um, Jeff Levy can do on Saturday that will just really piss the fan base off even more. Number one is the obvious jet sweep, but two, starting someone other than Tawi Walker, like it's, it's got to rank up there pretty high. If Tawi Walker's healthy, you've, you've, got, you've got to start him and you've got to get him the majority of the carries. Yeah, but, but how healthy, right? Like How healthy are we talking? Because that ankle, it's going to hurt. Like, is it, you know, do you take an 80% Tawi Walker and throw him out there over a 95% Javante Barnes? At this like, point, yes, I would. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think if you see anybody other than Tawi Walker, I think the whole fan base will just say, well, Tawi must be hurt. Like, we, we didn't see him in the last 10 minutes of the fourth quarter. He could hardly put any weight on it, you know, as he was limping off the field. Like, I think they'll probably give the benefit of the doubt, which is weird to even say because that's usually the last thing that we do. But um, Tyler, I gotta, I gotta update something that was uh, sent to me over the break. Um, Dalton Cooper, the uh, left tackle for Oklahoma Uh-oh. State. Uh, what did they find now, now? Well, you know, he tweeted back uh, at the uh, spring game uh, in 2018 that uh, prime time jet, easily the fastest human being I've seen with my own eyes. Well. Marquise Hollywood Brown, primetime jet, found the tweet, quote tweeted it with a couple lightning bolts. Nice. <laughs> so now, so, so now even former OU players, current NFL players, are quote tweeting, "Poor Dalton Cooper." I can't believe, I can't believe we're doing a fellow OU fan like this, man. This is just dirty. Yeah, and a guy that emerged in this game before, uh, Marquise Hollywood Brown writes, and I heard Dalton Cooper say that he was at that game uh, about a month ago, or, or actually it was last night. So. He saw well, he that became Hollywood Brown, really. I mean, not he he was Hollywood Brown before, but he became nationally Hollywood Brown yep. on that night. 
what, what did he say? That's the, this is the fastest man I've ever seen in person. If uh, if Brendan Thompson has a big game, someone will come back on that statement. You watch. Oh, uh, well, I, hey, I'm a fan of Brendan Thompson. We saw it a couple times. Obviously, Dylan threw to him late and had that completion by the boundary. But there was another time where Dylan handed it off. But Brennan was he was cooking. He was ready to go. And oh, you picked up a couple yards on the play. But Brennan, ah, Brennan is itching to blaze. So uh, I think you let him loose a couple times, if if nothing else, just to just to scare him a little bit. I know the text line like I think I do. You just said itching to blaze, and uh, Gunny's going to pop up in here with the text at any time now. For a second, I thought he was going <laughs> to pop around the corner here at Andy B's. Yeah. So, and I will say there was an, a fantastic text from the 405 that, that needs some attention. So, obviously, I'm here at Andy B's, and the Oklahoma City location is opening up uh, over on North Pennsylvania Ave. The text from the 405 reads, what about Andy B's NIL deal with Andy Bass? I like that right idea near, a lot. Right near Heritage Hall. I think that's fantastic. I need to get old Ryland out here to, to put something like that together. It's uh, it's a slam dunk, man. Ellison B.A. Tawi will be the best runner on the field. Sawchuck has a breakout game, though, and Ollie gets popped by the OU defense. What, what, what's, like, the number that we're looking at to hold Ollie Gordon under? Like, what's a good day for the OU defense? 150, 125, 100? I think, I think you, you just look at it like Brooks with Texas. I think if you hold him, if you can make him one-dimensional and say, look, Ollie Gordon's going to get his, we're not going to let anything else beat us. If you keep him to 110 yards, 120 yards, I think you're still safe. And uh, we, we got a text from Kyler and Jinx um, not long ago, and, and he said, why is anyone optimistic that we will slow down Ollie Gordon? We look discombobulated the last two weeks against the run, especially with 28 on the sidelines. And absolutely, with Danny Sutzman on the sidelines, the defense is going to look more discombobulated, there's no doubt. And KU throws a lot of different looks at you, right, with all kinds of different options. And you got offensive linemen and tight ends coming from all over the place, different running backs, all kinds of stuff. The the can't, the can't Oklahoma State offense looks a lot more like UCF's offense when it comes to kind of the way they run the ball. And entering, I, I know a lot of people might have forgot about this by now, but entering the OU game, UCF was third nationally, rushing for 246 yards per game at nearly six yards per carry. And OU held them to 149 yards at 3.6 yards per carry on 41 uh, totes. So, I mean, you hope it looks like the UCF game where I know a lot of people said, look, that's a close game, that's a close game. It was. But if you can if you can hold Oklahoma State to a hundred yards under their rushing average, you're gonna you're probably gonna win that football game. Sure. Um, the, the only thing though with, with that is like just the level of running back that you're facing this week. Like I've just seen him on multiple occasions, especially here recently, is even when you haven't played well, even when you have like for for instance, I think it was the first, it may have been the first play of the game last week against Cincinnati. I think it was at least the first Ollie Gordon carry. But Cincinnati hasn't played perfectly, man. They got a defensive lineman right there. They got a linebacker that's like right there ready to make a play. And Ollie Gordon just essentially ducks under the linebacker at the line of scrimmage and is able to get a really good gain out of something that with 98 
percent of running backs in college football is a no gain. So it's just like, you can play it well, but this guy's so good that he is made something out of nothing uh, yeah. m- more than a few times. But if, if that happens, fine. I think the, the big thing is you just can't let him have explosive runs, multiple explosive uh, rushing yards or r- rushing plays on Saturday. That's, that's it, man. Yeah, one person's not going to take down Ollie Gordon very often. Um, it's going to be a Herculean effort if they do. So uh, it's just important. And we talk about you know a fast defense, right? A defense playing fast has little to do with actual like – raw like physical speed but more mental speed and that's what it's going to have to be these guys are going to have to grind in the film room all week got to take practice seriously got to take their coaching seriously and 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 they're going to have to have multiple hats on ollie gordon if they want to bring him down consistently dixie and tulsa big plays is key as much as more than total rushing yards a couple of explosive plays could be a killer man this offense has been uh missing that the past couple of weeks right at least to the level that we've saw uh, that we've seen earlier in the season, um, I'm going to be very disappointed if they don't come out looking like an inspired football team early on. But that's what they need offensively, man. Like I'll uh, I'll take a 11 play, six minute drive where they go down and score a touchdown. But explosive plays and big plays in the passing game, they really haven't had it in the run game. But they've been missing it a bit in the past game. Like they, yeah, I, I agree with uh, Dixie there. They got to get back to that or finding that again uh, with the offense for sure. Yeah, and it's it, it's explosive plays. When I Tyler, when I read explosive plays on the text line, I literally read it, and my mind in the background is Nick Anderson. Like that's it's just it's it's become synonymous to me at least. Because we've seen him go down the sideline, right? You've seen him, you know, multiple times, whether it's down the sideline, catch on a back shoulder, or catch it deep and then drag a guy with him. That's one thing that a lot of people don't kind of bring up when they talk about Nick Anderson is how strong he is. He can go up and get a ball, and then he'll drag a defender, or he'll go over a defender. That's why he makes such a good blocker, too. So, yeah, I think I think if you have explosive plays, you know, we want to see him in the run game, obviously, but just continue to go downfield, downfield, downfield to Nick Anderson. How many catches did he have? He had one catch last week. How many did he have in the uh, UCF game? I'm going back and looking right now. Uh, Nick Anderson had five for 105 and two touchdowns. Okay, yeah. so that's a – Best game of his career. Yeah, that was a – what was the Tulsa game? The best well, – in terms yeah, of but, uh, touchdowns it was, but you're talking about yards. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Also so, adjusted for opponent probably. Well, I guess I that mean, just that just kind of uh, – you know, just just makes the point even more is after his signature moments, whatever his best game was. I mean, Tulsa, he was awesome. His signature moment was in the Texas game, right? And for a young oh, guy, moment, yeah. for his young guy that had his signature moment, the level of confidence that he's operating with, especially after that, like ride the hot hand. Like he's operating with a supreme level of confidence. Just throw it his way, man. Like he he's in a groove. And they did that against UCF. Great game. Five catches, 105 yards, two touchdowns. And I just go back to that Kansas game even more. When you've got someone that's on that level of a heater, four or five consecutive games with a touchdown, just just throw it his way, man. Throw it his way. You can't walk out of a game where he only has one reception. Can't do it. Well, and, and, and I'm glad you brought that up, Tyler, because it's, it's not just – it's not just – throwing him the ball in the catch. Like, you can look at the catch statistics. But the first throw to him was a pass interference. So not only that, it's targets. We need to see Nick Anderson have, like, ten targets because 
you know, good things happen, whether that's a P.I. And I know a lot of people say, you know, on, on some of these deep throws, if they end up a P.I., still cheer. That's great. Well, that was great on third news. down, too. I That was a right. big, big moment when it lost the game, but it felt like it on that drive. Right. Just keep targeting him. The, he's, he's big enough. He's long enough. He's fast enough that I don't think throwing to him very often is going to have a negative effect like interception type because he seems like the guy to be able to, to break something up if he needs to. And, uh, and yeah, good things are going to happen. So I would love to see – I think if you and I are talking on the post game and Nick Anderson has had ten targets, I think we're talking about a win, Tyler. Uh, yeah, yeah. I win or lose, preferably win. But I ten targets, I, I wouldn't be mad at that. All right, let's uh, we'll hit the big stories of the day in college football coming up next. It is the ref for the Homo Suter fans. Sound off any time of day on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet and Blanchard U.S. are there working for you. Now, before we go any farther, uh, we've obviously are aware of a uh, picture floating around so with the the uh, the sign stealer guy. You know, our people are doing everything they can to get to the bottom of it. Uh, we're unaware, totally unaware of it. I uh, certainly don't condone it. Uh, in any way, shape, or form, and uh, you know, I do know that his name was on none of the passes that were let out. Um, now we just keep tracing it back and tracing it back and try to figure it out. But it's in good hands with our people. Um, and again, uh, you know, there, there's there's no place in football for that. Oh yeah. Jim Who Mack- is that? Yeah, that's the guy that we saw lying naked with a shark a few years ago back. That's who that was. Or at least a guy that looked like Jim McElwain laying naked with a shark on a boat. That was, uh, yeah, Jim McElwain, former head coach at Florida, now at Central Michigan after the game last night. And, uh, look, you, I know some of you are like me and kind of tired of the whole Michigan story, Connor Stallions. I really played that because I laughed when uh, McElwain said sign stealer guy on the sidelines. That that was good stuff. That made me sign laugh. Sign stealer guy. That's fun. I don't know what else That's you call him, to Jim's point there, but sign stealer guy. That's what he had. <laughs> I, I do like that uh, uh, Toby tweet. I'm sure it came from uh, somebody that, on this morning show of making a Connor Stallion, where in the world is Connor Stallion's book uh, in, in, in a Where's Waldo type format where it's a bunch of different college stadiums. I don't know, maybe 30 different college stadiums that Connor Stallions might have been at, and you've got to find him amongst the sideline or amongst the crowd. That ought to be fun. Telling you, man, as a college football fan, I'm jealous of him. He, he apparently got to – Go to multiple venues in this great sport, even Central Michigan. He, he was even going to uh, Mac home games. Well, I guess they were playing Michigan State that day, right? But yeah, he got to go everywhere. <laughs> what a what a lucky guy! What a charmed life. Other uh, other news in college football today: Florida State's athletic director Michael Offord says he doesn't think going independent is an option for the Knowles. To which I say, well. Yeah, and if you're Florida State, why would you necessarily want to go independent? It still seems, um, though, the ACC has released their schedule for, like, the, what, next seven years, something crazy like that. FSU is still trying to find a way to get to the SEC or the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean, he was, you know, 
actually it was in Oklahoma, I believe SID at one point. I believe he was. He was here at one he point. Was, yeah, he was an associate athletic director. He's a really sharp guy. Um, you know, Florida State it has has done a really good job. He's done a really good job with Florida State. But Tyler, last I checked, wasn't he? Wasn't he working something up with J.P. Morgan to raise capital to get out of the ACC? But but to try, I think to try and move to a different conference. I don't think it was a situation. I mean, no, I don't, there aren't a lot of schools that can actually go independent. And I think Tyler, the last time we had this conversation, a lot of people were saying, "Well, Oregon can just go independent." I don't think they can. Like everybody thinks Nike money, but it's like you need like Stanford money, Harvard money, like that kind of stuff in order to maybe go independent. And why would but, you want to? You know, I mean, there, there's something to be said about playing in a conference and like conference games and being able to play for a conference champion. I I, I don't know. I just wouldn't love my team to be independent. That's that's no, just me. I, and, unless you have a setup like Notre Dame where you're. You have historic rivals that you're that you're going to play regularly. You've got the TV contract where you're gonna be on, you know, NBC or something like that. Like, like you want to look like, like Notre Dame's version of Independence, and less like previously BYU's version of Independence. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the L- the Las Vegas Raiders are looking for a new head coach. They fired theirs last night. And you can get odds on the next head coach for the Raiders, Muleshoe. Lincoln Riley himself is at 14-1 to 1 odds to be the next wow. Raiders coach. Actually, pretty far down the list. Pretty far down the list. There's a lot of names there. Uh, Harbaugh's up pretty high on that list. Um, some other head coaches or coordinators in the NFL. But after Josh McDaniels is out, Muleshoe just 14-1 to 1 odds. Would you take a flyer on that, or are you saying, yeah, no chance he's in Vegas next year? I wouldn't say no chance. Just knowing that Lincoln is a big fan of Las Vegas, um, he would take all of his assistant coaches there um, as kind of just a, a guy's trip, um, you know, in the off season. So, I mean, I know he likes Vegas. It's You get to play in a brand-new stadium. It all comes down to the quarterback, and I think they'll be in the market for a quarterback, right? So if it's a situation where he can – he can get linked up with Caleb again or something like that, then, then you know, it's always an opportunity. But I do think, you know, being from our OU perspective on the home of Sooner fans, I think, you know, I think a lot of us assume that Lincoln Riley would be a lot higher because we've been making that joke for two years. Yeah. Uh, FanDuel has their Big 12 title odds out. Texas is listed as the favorite like they were preseason. Texas at plus 105 listed as the favorite. OU at number two at plus 185, and then there's a bit of a gap. K-State plus 600, and then Oklahoma State fourth best odds to win the uh, conference at plus 1,000. And, you know, both of those two teams, Kansas State and Oklahoma State, both listed as underdogs this week. But if K-State or Oklahoma State wins, they're in a pretty good spot to make the conference championship game, if, especially Oklahoma State. If they win on Saturday with the rest of with what the rest of their schedule looks like, um, it it may not be a bad time if you're looking for some nice odds to win this conference because it just looked so sure a few weeks ago it was going to be OU and Texas in the conference championship game. I am in no way that sure anymore about that, especially after Texas uh, injury at quarterback. Yeah, and here's the thing. Like I, it's it's bedlam week, so I've been I've been I've been seeing a lot of Gundy love, which I get. Gundy's won a lot of games, and you know this squad, at least early in the year, looked like it might be the one to break 
their what 18 year long however long uh winning season streak that they've got over there in Stillwater I just like Tyler I find it interesting I'll put it that way I find it interesting that Gundy is being praised for the miraculous turnaround that he's made and now seemingly has you know a, a nice inside track to making the Big 12 championship which completely exonerates him from getting himself into that situation in the first place the guy's been there forever the only reason that you stink in the in the beginning of the year is squarely on Mike Gundy. This, th- you know what this feels like, Tyler? It feels like a firefighter that went and lit a building on fire and then went and put out the fire, and everybody's like, "Oh, my hero!" What? A, I mean, give him the key to the city. It's like you know who started the fire, right? Well, and at first he couldn't pick the fire hose in which to uh, try and put out the fire. He was using three different ones. Finally, yeah. he stuck with one fire hose, and it started to work out a bit. Right. I just I, I just think that's funny that the narrative is always, well, this is why he's a Hall of Famer, is because, man, just when you think he's out, you know, he goes on a run. Well, you know, may, maybe don't lose to South Alabama 33-7. <laughs> like, you, you're in control of the program. It's been your program forever. If, if the team starts bad, it's still on your shoulders. Fair point. We'll close up hour number two of The Rush. Coming up next, more OU football right here on The Ref. Talking. ...or warping of straight lines, as well as blurred or loss of central vision. Patients with diabetic retinopathy should seek treatment if they notice the appearance of spots or floaters or blurred and distorted vision. Visit seeforalifetime.org. Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers bringing you this hour of the rush. Danny Stutzman was named as a semifinalist for the Lombardi Award today. So we'll see if he can finish the season strong and be a uh, finalist for not only the Lombardi Award, but uh, maybe a, another r- award or two here down the uh, stretch of the season. When uh, we, we look at Oklahoma State, we'll get into more bedlam at the top of the 5 o'clock hour as well, and really the entire hour. What uh, what do you like about Oklahoma State? What's good about OSU outside of the obvious there with Holly Gordon? What comes to mind? Um, uh, equestrian program. Oh, you mean the football team? Yeah. Um, I mean, you don't have to say anything. You can just say, "Well, nothing." I mean, he's, he's it. The 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 middle of their defense. Like I said, if you just if you just take basically a line from the guards the offensive guards, and just draw it straight back through the OSU defense. They've got some talent there for sure. Obviously, Kendall Daniels um, from Beggs. There's there's obviously a lot of OU fans that are familiar with him. Um, you've got really good inside linebacker play, linebacker play. The defensive line's pretty good up the middle. But that's pretty much, that's pretty much what I'd say as far as nice things go uh, is just that right up the middle. Outside of that, um, it feels pretty Br- obvious. You slow Brennan down Presley. Ollie Gordon. Yeah, you slow down Ollie Gordon, you're going to have some success. The problem is no one's been able to do that the past four weeks. Right. Brennan Presley's got a lot of talent, so they'll try and use him some. Um, second Presley we've seen this year, obviously. So, um, yeah, I mean, they've got some talent, but OU's got more. Solid quarterback play, maybe mid-level of what you've seen so far this year. Bowman capable of making some throws down the field, but I'd just be shocked if he throws four touchdown passes on Saturday. I just don't think he's going to carve you up like that down the field. But Yeah, he's got the arm talent, but there's a reason he was third string at Michigan last year and Gundy didn't know who his quarterback was through three or four weeks. Final hour of the rush coming up next right here on The Ref.